Well, it gives me great joy to, to be here with you today. I'll find a spot for this. It gives me great joy. Um, I remember years ago when I was a student at what was then Atlantic Baptist College, your competitor to the north, um, that uh, I would hear these old men come in to preach to us in chapel. I remember those old guys coming and preaching to us in chapel. And uh, just the other day, my wife and I were talking about our anniversary because somebody was celebrating their 20th. I'm bad with math, so I had to pull out my calculator and calculate how many years we'd been married, and it's 37 this May. And I realized, good heavens. When I was 37 years old, I had three degrees, I had two children, we'd been to Scotland and back, I'd done my doctorate work, and I was starting full-time teaching at Acadia Divinity College, and I've been married that long. Wow. So, some of you here today could be my grandchildren. That hurts, I want you to know, that hurts. But I am so pleased that I can be with you today. And uh, I hope that what I have to say will be a challenge to you, probably not for where you're at right now, but I want to challenge you to think about ministry going forward and the role you can play in God's continuing ministry and God continuing to call people to ministry. The title of my sermon today it's not up there. The title of my sermon today is Called to Ministry with a question mark. Bit of a play. Probably here I am, we used to say preaching to the choir. Uh, I'd have to say preaching to the worship team. Um, I'm probably preaching to the worship team here in some senses today. And that many of you here, um, some of you at least, are heading for pastoral ministry, mission work, um, some kind of youth work, ministry in the church, or ministry in the community. I'm going to see a show of hands. How many of you see yourselves moving into some aspect of ministry in the church? Raise your hands. All right. Okay, so I'm preaching to the choir. But I want to challenge you beyond your own sense of call. I am going to talk about that, but I want to challenge you beyond it. I remember, as a student, being in your place, and I remember clearly some of the students that I was listening to and talking to, my colleagues, um, guys like Leo Gallant over there. We, we were in the same dorm together at the same time. He was the old guy, by the way. I was young. He was old. Um, there were a few whose calls to ministry were... Nothing like mine. My call to ministry came after I became a Christian. I'd grown up in the church, been baptized, youth group, um, went off to be a Christian counselor at a Christian camp, and I was converted to the Lord. I'd done all the right things in church. I'd done a whole variety of other things in the rest of my life during the week, and during this Christian camp where I was supposed to be a counselor, it was an adventure camp out in the wilderness. That's why I really went. Um, 
I received my call from God to be confronted with who I am and who I was at that time. And it's at that point that I gave my life to Christ and I was changed. That fall, early that fall, I still remember it, lying in my bed in my room. My brother was across the room, dark. I was laying there awake. And I definitely heard a voice say, go into ministry. I had no idea what ministry was, except that I knew what the minister did up front on Sundays and things like that. That was my call. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. But God led me through other people. And eventually, I found where I should go, and I found how I should do it, and I was trained, and God used that as a way to bring me into pastoral ministry and then bring me into a teaching ministry where I am today. But there were others. I remember them saying, well, I've just always known I was going to be a missionary. You've always known you were going to be a missionary. How can you always know you're going to be a missionary? How can you always know that you're going to do something for God? You have to be called. Where's your call? I remember thinking in my mind, that's a sad way to think about yourself and God's call in your life. Where's the spectacular call? My notion of call was the call, notion of call that many I know and knew and know had in their minds of what a call was. I preached on it once. Moses being called to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. God appears to him. God speaks in a booming voice. And you'll see back there there's a, a little brochure that has some of the content of this on it. And I talk about that. Um, the booming voice and Moses, Moses, or God calling Isaiah, or Jeremiah, or Amos. That's our notion of a call. At least it was the notion that I grew up with and that my friends and colleagues, and even today many people have. And if somebody just knew, well, you know, that's a pretty boring kind of call, how do they know they're called? They're not really called. I want to read a passage of scripture, and this passage comes from Luke. It's not Christmas, but this has to do with the Christmas story. And then there's a call. And so as I read this, I want you to think, where's the call? How is God calling in this passage, calling to ministry? Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 5, and then I'm going to flip over to verse 57. In the days of King Herod of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And both were getting on in years. You know how that account goes. Zechariah's called up for priestly duty. He goes down to the temple. He goes in. He comes out mute because, well, he didn't quite believe what he was told. He goes back home. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. Nine months later, as these things happen, she gives birth. 
Now I want to flip ahead to verse 57 of that chapter. Here is the call of John to the most um, populous ministry that God had in the first covenant era. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy on her, and they rejoiced with her. And I can imagine, when John is born, as all parents do, they ask, is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Ah, called to the ministry. That was John's call to priestly ministry. Every priest, every Levite who had a child, the child is a male called. Let me ask, how many of you were born? <laughs> of course, we're all born at some point in our lives. And for John, when he was born at that first point in his life outside the womb, He's called. How mundane is that call? How boring is that? And yet, in the Old Testament period, right up to the point where Jesus dies, is buried, crucified, and then resurrected, right up until that point when he founds the church, the resurrection people, the vast majority overwhelming majority of people called to God's ministry of being a priest and a teacher, a Levite, those who helped the people in the towns, those who helped the people at the temple, their call was because they were born a male. It was many years after I started teaching. I'd been in pastoral ministry I'd heard many testimonies of calls. It was after many years that I realized the error of my thinking. You know that tisk, tisk, tisk. You can't just always know. It has to be spectacular. There has to be something about it, that, that touch on the shoulder. No, in fact, God doesn't need that. God doesn't have to do it that way. The prophets who had those kinds of calls, the Moses, Abrahams, Samuels, Amos, they were God's crisis managers. When God couldn't get the ear of the people who were supposed to be doing what God wanted, he sent prophets. He did the extraordinary. Pastors who want to be prophets need to remember what Jesus said. They stoned the prophets. You want to be a prophet? That's fine, but you'll move from ministry to ministry to ministry, and life's going to be difficult. Pastors, the priests and Levites, they were in the towns, and when they were listening to God, when they were being faithful, they were the ones that God was using. John the Baptist's call is a call that many have had, not necessarily because they were born, but because God gifted them from before they were born. Jeremiah talks about that. Called into service while he was still in the womb. There are many people 
whom God gifts and calls, and they've just always grown up loving Jesus in their family, in their church. They've just always known. They're also the people that have the boring testimonies, by the way. You know the ones. You know, I grew up. I've always loved the Lord. I didn't lead a bad life. Um, and, well, it doesn't match up to the guy who was the biker and has all the tattoos, and God called him while he was in a drug haze. You know, it's nothing compared to that. Uh, boring. But, you know, when Jesus touches our lives, when God calls us, it doesn't matter what our background The God of grace has called us by his grace out of our little sin or our great sin. But he still called us by our grace. And when God calls somebody in a really quiet, mundane, boring way, it's just as much the call of God as that young man laying in his bed, hearing that voice say, go into ministry. There's another kind of call that I want to direct your attention to, though. And this is the kind of call that I hope many of you will exercise in your ministries. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. In the church at Antioch, I've had the pleasure of visiting the city of Antioch. I wouldn't take anyone there today because it's right down at the border of Syria in Turkey, but I've been there. Um, And in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a member of the court of Herod, the ruler, and Saul. This is the guy that got arrested on the road to Damascus. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them off. I want you to note something in this passage. It doesn't say, Barnabas and Saul, I'm calling you. They're all together. They're worshiping. They're praying. And God says to them, Saul and Barnabas, I'm calling them. Tell them they're going off for me. It's interesting that Saul and Barnabas seem not to have heard the call. They're spoken about in the third person. Rather, God speaks to the people around them that they were ministering with and says to them, impress upon those two that I've called them and I am sending them. The church in North America, Atlantic Canada, all over, um, we have declining people interested in ministry, going into ministry, being trained in ministry. Some of our large churches are thankfully raising up leaders from within, which I think is natural and healthy. But you know, I think there are lots of people who are in business, who are lawyers, who are running their welding businesses or working in shipyards and God has gifted them for ministry and they're doing things in their congregation, they're doing well, but God really had gifted them for 
some kind of full-time ministry, whether it's in a church or on the mission field, and they've missed their call because the other people that they were worshiping with and doing things with are looking at them thinking, wow, she's gifted. He's gifted. They should be a ministry. And they never spoke up to tell them that. I've met a few people from other places. One of them was from the UK, and he's pastor of a large church there. And he was in business. said he was running his own business. And he was in the congregation, and their pastor um, had gone on elsewhere, and the congregation thought about it, and they looked around. And a group of them got together, and they came to him, and they said, we think you are our pastor. We want you to be a pastor of the congregation. He didn't like that idea. But he thought about it. The more he thought about it, the more he realized, yeah, he gave up his business. He went into ministry. I wonder how many good pastors, missionaries, youth workers, chaplains, counselors there are who are doing other things in life because those who are looking at them and see their giftedness don't walk up to them and say, I've been watching. You need to think about God's call on your life for full-time Christian ministry. That's my challenge to you today. We need to think that about God's full range of ways of calling people. But more than that, when you're out in ministry or when you're a lay person in a congregation because you realize God hasn't called you, but you see people who are gifted, make sure you tell them. Don't be shy. Don't be backward about it. Don't think somebody else is going to do it. No, I'm convinced there are lots of people who are supposed to be a ministry of some form who are doing all kinds of other things with the giftings that God has given them. Make sure you're actively looking, thinking, and maybe even, yes, it will hurt, sending on the best in your congregation to get trained for ministry. There's one final aspect I want to talk about with this. Passage that's well known to you, and I'll be brief here. Passage that's well known probably to many of you is Paul's instructions to the local overseer of congregations in Ephesus and in Crete. This is Paul, or Timothy and Titus. And when Paul writes to Timothy, he says, now, Timothy, you've got to choose pastors for the congregations that are being set up. I want you to take great care. They have to be people who can pass on the tradition. They have to be people who know how to pass on and they have the content. And there were lots of people who wanted to do that kind of a thing. And so Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 and he says, the saying is true, is sure. Whoever aspires to the office of bishop, or I would translate it as overseer or pastor, whoever aspires to that desires a noble task. It's great. It's really good. 
But Paul doesn't say that's enough. Paul doesn't say, if you want to do it, if you really feel called, then you're called. How many of you watched American Idol, Canadian Idol, one of the idols ones? How many of you? Come on, hands up, fess up here. All right. If you watch the pre, the, the screening at the front, and you see those people who are absolutely sure that they could be up here, and they could be the next American Idol, and they can't sing, they can't carry a tune, they can't keep the beat, and they're absolutely devastated. We're not all very self-aware. So Paul says here, oh, desiring it. That's a great thing, but Timothy, no. Somebody who wants that, there are certain things they have to have. They have to be people who are good Christians. Not perfect, not you know, up on a pedestal, but they have to be what a Christian is supposed to be. That's a lot of the qualifications there. But he also says they have to have the gifts for being a pastor. They have to be able to work with people. And they have to be able to teach. Those are the two things that are special to being in leadership. And so Paul says here, as he says in other places, some scrutiny is required. That's why I encourage uh, potential students, pastors, you think you're called to ministry? Well, you better be involved in ministry. When I was at Atlantic Baptist College, I was a youth pastor. Um, I was in Petticodiac, and then I followed Leo Gallant down at Petticodiac. And I really wasn't ever not in ministry from my second year of school on. And I was able to have people watch me and say to me, Glenn, we can see that you have those gifts. So my personal call was confirmed by others saying, yeah, we see that. People who you think might be called, make sure they have lots of opportunity. And yourselves. If you think God has called you, make sure you're involved and have lots of opportunities so that as you service or as you serve, people can see you and they can help you to sort out your calling. And as you work with others, you can help them sort out their calling. And you can be helping them and the ministry and churches to find the pastors that we need, not the pastors that we have to take. May God bless you all as you continue in your training here and as you continue in your lives of service. Be faithful to Christ. Serve him well. And watch for those who also might be called into his ministry. May God bless you. Thank you.